broadcast. Speak my word is about to begin. Your host is Shannon Davis. And we are living in the time of the end. King Vinyls. We have ignition. We will be reading tonight from the King James edition. Jesus told us to preach the gospel, cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. All right, everybody, that time has arrived. Welcome aboard. For archive purposes, today is a live broadcast Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. Dos mil veinte in Espanol. That reminds me, before I forget, we got to work on uh, dubbing some of these programs into other languages or at least subtitles at some point. Okay, if we do video again, that is. No subtitles on just MP3. Well, we are going to come back and do the TV program again. Uh, we were blessed to have 13 weeks on the Word Network. And we ran Omega Man TV there. It was a great experience. I'm thankful to my brother Damon, who sponsored us to do that. And that's uh, one of the top Christian television networks in the world. Um, of course, there is TBN and Daystar. Awesome networks, but very expensive to get on. And they don't have too many slots available typically. But Word is where you typically target if you want to go Christian TV and find an opening. And uh, it was a great opportunity. 13 weeks ended. And we have an opportunity at any time we want to go back and do it again either there or on some other network. We'll have to pay our way this time. But as God opens that door at some point, I believe we're going to do it again and um, also begin to do programs in foreign languages. I mean, there's a, a billion and a half uh, people that uh, live in India that speak uh, Hindi or China, Mandarin, uh, Latin America. Billions of people speak Espanol. So we need to talk those well, is my thinking. Okay, we're going to pick up today where we left off. We're going to be in Genesis 46 here in just a moment. Hey, a quick commercial. Some time ago, maybe six weeks, two months ago, I mentioned that um, living overseas as an expat, meaning an American living in a foreign country, my AT&T account that I brought over here with me and I uh, have used for seven years, well, I decided to shut it down because I made a mistake one day of uh, deleting the passport plan, uh, which is no longer available by AT&T. And that enabled me to at least get text over here from America. And if I want to make a phone call, I could do that. I'll bait uh, a dollar a minute, which is not cheap. But I was trying to trim my, my budget, and I went through everything with a fine-tooth comb and did eliminate a lot of things. Praise God. Tighten my belt. And one of those was this AT&T. I said, you know, I use it for emergencies, really, and to get my text. But 
it still costs me sometimes $150, $200 a month. It's crazy. What can I do? And so what I did is I just uh, whittled it down. I already had the cheapest plan you could get, but I dropped these international packages, and what I did, I get an immediate text that says, oh, we see you're abroad. Um, we're going to put you on the $10 a day plan for roaming. And I said, what? Called them up, and I said, hey, what's this? I don't want to pay $10 a day for roaming. I'm over here. Extended stay. Not just a two-week vacation. And they explained to me, well, um, that's the only option you have to get discounted rates abroad. I said, well, what's normal charge? $3 a minute for U.S. phone calls. I said, $3 a minute? What the heck is going on here? 20 years ago, almost, I had a uh, Iridium sat phone, and that was the most expensive plan. That was a dollar a minute. You're telling me in 2023 you can't do any better than that? Uh, $3 a minute? That's just for phone calls. How about $0.50 cents for, per text that you send? And then on top of that, um, every couple seconds, your phone is interfacing with a uh, mobile tower to determine where you're at, and they're going to charge you roaming fees, so much per, per megabyte of data. I said, this is crazy. I could have a $1,000 bill. I thought I was trying to save money here by getting rid of that account. And they said, well, sadly, we can't put you back on that passport plan because it's no longer available. You were grandfathered. Well, what's available? They said nothing. $10 a day, and, uh, you know, you pay that, that will give you discounted fees. Well, I said, the hell with that. AT&T can take their phone and uh, kiss my grits, as Flo used to say. Anybody remember Flo, Mel's daughter? So I said, you know what? Okay, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to look elsewhere. And somebody told me, it was actually Kevin Gallagher, about Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is this uh, long-distance company which is uh, riding on uh, T-Mobile's network. And uh, Ryan something, one of the um, Hollywood movie stars out there, he's a part owner, investor in that company. He does their commercials. And they promise uh, low rates. And I heard something about a $15 a month plan. I said, $15 a month? Could it be true? Make a long story longer. I made the switch. I went to Mint Mobile. And I just want to give you an update that uh, I've been using it now, maybe two months. And um, I'm literally just paying as I go. So they give you uh, a plan where you, you can you can have any of their plans. It's just uh, cost you fifteen dollars up front, and after about uh, ninety days, then you got to choose which plan you want. And they've got cheapest is fifteen dollars a month up to like forty nine ninety five. And I just want to use it for text. Really, that's all I need it for, and um, and be able to do it without all these roaming charges. So where it worked out for me is I've got my uh, I've got my plan down to $15 a month. That's what it's going to cost me. And then, because I am overseas, and I will have some roaming charges, I pay as I go. I just load it up with credits, $5 at a time. And uh, it'll probably cost me another 20 bucks a month. So I literally got my phone bill down from where it was, 100 minimum, up to $200 a month. 
down to about, let's just say, $35. Got to keep my number. I uh, got to keep my phone. Or you can get a new one if you want. And uh, I love it. I love it. And if you're in America, of course, which is it's designed for, you know, uh, you can, you've got all the, the features that you want, data. You can choose your data plan. So if you're tired of being um, enslaved to the big boys like AT&T or Sprint or even T-Mobile, go check them out, Mint Mobile. And you know what? I think I have a coupon code. So if you sign up, you get a little credit, and I get like 10 bucks. And if you're interested in doing it and you want to use my code, great. If not, you don't have to. But check them out, Mint Mobile, mintmobile.com. I love it. I think you'll love it, too, if you're looking for a new carrier. And uh, I literally have, you know, saved $100 a month dumping AT&T. It was so good to be free of them. Praise the Lord. Okay. That's all I want to say about that. Genesis chapter 46 we're going to kick into right now. You ready to go? Let's pray. Father, Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We plead the blood of Jesus today over this broadcast, over everybody tuning in, our families. Father God, we ask that you would guide and direct us in a study of your word. We invite the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Ghost, the third member of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, to come and illuminate the Scripture. God, you said, if any of you lack wisdom, ask and it shall be given to you. Uh, I lack wisdom, give me more. You said, God, in your word, and for anybody who agrees, also for them too. You also said in your word, uh, ask of me and I will show you things that you know not. I'm asking you, God, I want to know some things that I don't know. And the same for those that would agree. Speak to us in dreams and visions. Guide and direct our steps. Show us where we are in the timeline of history. Our Father, Yahovah, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Also, Satan, we put you on notice tonight that we're attacking you from our position of authority, seated with the Lord Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavenlies, high above you, high above all your demonic fallen angels and demons. And we bind you and every demonic force that would try to come against any of us for being here and going through the word and doing these programs participating, supporting it we bind you, you demonic forces we rebuke you in Jesus name command you to take your hands off of the people loose their minds in the name of Jesus we break any word curse any witchcraft sent against any of us and we bind every devil sent against us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ right now Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm here to tell you, my family has been under demonic attack this week. It's been rough. Mama Narita and Judah and Jemima 
all took ill. Running fevers. Um, I just overcame a head cold a week ago. My brother and I were attacked. And he came into town and um, immediately took ill. I had to go down and buy him some Zethromax. And, of course, I gave that to him and, and prayed. And God actually lifted him up the first day. And uh, he began to immediately recover. But he was down for the count in a hotel in Kudo. Of course, it hit me a few days later and took me a couple of days to clear out. I was in bad shape um, in terms of sinus congestion and throat. I recovered, as you can tell by my voice. Praise God. But three of our family members down for the count. We have one worker here named Yosi. She's laid out like corkwood. Sick. We had to go and take her some Zethromax today. Thank God I can go into a pharmacy here and buy antibiotics. And just go in and say, give me uh, Zethromax, 500 milligram, three tabs. And only use it when it's really a serious situation. Try to nip uh, any type of bacteriological infection in the bud. You don't want to use more antibiotics than you have to. But sometimes you got to. And uh, I asked Mama last night. She wasn't doing good. I said, you want me to put you on the antibiotics? I, I have not seen her take any since we've been married. And she's always, you know, pushed through things. I've had to take it a couple times. And I, I knew she was going to need it. She said, I feel really bad. So I put her on Zethromax. She's on day two now. I had bought an extra box when I went in to get some for my brother. It's always good to have some extra supply. Now, it's going to be difficult in America to do this, but I have some tips for you if you're interested. Maybe how you can do it. Some countries, though, like Mexico, you can walk right in and usually get what you need. I like that. Same way with uh, contact lenses. You know, I don't need to go to an optometrist. I haven't been to one in years. Uh, my prescription, thank God, hasn't changed. I just go in and tell them I want a 4.25 negative, you know, 8.6 basal curve. And they give me my contacts. So, Mama. Jemima, looking kind of listless, running a fever. Judah, laid out like corkwood, vomiting. And then I went to pick up, um, went with Mama today. Normally she's she goes and picks up Jeremiah, and I took him, I went, took them rather, up to the school, went in there and picked up Jeremiah myself, got to show a card plastic laminated card to get your child which is good, good security picked him out out of school, he was doing great got in the car, all of a sudden he fell out fever I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here, it is from hell this demonic attack so lift our family up in prayer all three kids mama and our worker Yosi, all laid out like corkwood, vomiting, um, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah and Judah, super hot, and um, I've got Mama on um, Zethromax. I have some Ivermectin I'm going to give the kids tomorrow. Sadly, it was almost all wiped out here in Indonesia. I can't find it anywhere. I have to bring it in from Australia animal version called Mectin 
it's the same thing. It's a two milligram tablet instead of three milligrams, so I measure it out, and uh, I'm right here by the grace of God, doing okay. And you know, God has been merciful to us because when the children I have been sick in the past, Mama has been spared, or we'd all be down for the count. It'd be horrible, especially with three kids now. And I'm thinking, oh God, what would we do if Mama was sick? And this time she is sick, and I'm I'm okay. But I started to feel just a little bit of a, something trying to hit me in my throat. I'm okay right now. So I remembered I had ivermectin for dogs and cats and um, your furry bunny. It's the only form I can get over here. Um, we are going to get some people to try to bring some into us from another country. So I chewed me five tablets today. I took it. And uh, if this is a bacteriological infection and or a parasite, well, ivermectin is great for that. And, um, of course, um, if I were to go down for the count, I would get really bad. Like a year ago, I would take some antibiotic, but I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. Just lift this up in prayer. I noticed some people coughing today was in a supermarket yesterday and some guy coughed and he didn't put his hand over his mouth. I think if you if you know you've got an issue, you should wear a mask. And he just coughed into the air. Rude people sometimes. This was American or somebody, some foreigner. It was like, you know, you should know better. And um, I'm getting reports in the Philippines. Uh, people are getting sick over there, although you may not have heard the news yet. There is something going on. Maybe it's just the seasonal flu again. Flu has never been eradicated. No virus ever will be. Unless Christ does it. Uh, But there we are. Thank God that we could get some Zethromax today. And uh, my plan right now, and I've put this alert out to anyone that will listen, where you can begin to stock up on some antibiotics. Get you the azithromycin. Um... which is the, you know, Zethromax is the trade name for it, or get you some amoxicillin trihydrate with potassium clavulinate. That's a good one-two punch. Amoxicillin you have to take for like 10 days. Zethromax you take three for three, and that's it. Five, uh, three days, one 500 milligram per for adults. And uh, if you've got something really bad, gets into your lungs and your sinuses and it's a bacteriological infection you're going to need that stuff and it would probably be better to have this stuff on a hand than there's another outbreak and you know you can't get it unless you go into a hospital you might go in and not come out like before we we did our best out of hospitals we had to go to deliver the baby but during COVID-19 we didn't go anywhere to any doctor it was the blood of Jesus prayer and where we could get some ivermectin. And we have prayed. I've been praying continuously today for our family. I don't know what the source of this is. I'm asking God to show us. It's so recurrent here. I don't know what it is. It just may be the fact we're on this cursed island. 35,000 temples, altars, and shrines were surrounded by demons. could also be mold. It could be the humidity here. You'll hear me talk about this every four to six weeks. It has been 
a plague. Um, and we're asking God for some insight. Does he want us to move where? Provide the means? Show me where to go? There's just some places geographically that, you know, are just going to beat you down. Like reports of people that live in Nashville, Tennessee, and the pollen count is so bad they can hardly breathe over there. Um, and, you know, for certain conditions, you've got to go to a different climate. This is almost, this has kicked my buttocks. I'm going to tell you. And if, I, if it was just me, it was sickly. And family was all always healthy. Well, that'd be one thing. The problem would be me, but no, everybody gets hit over here. And so something going on here. And uh, where you can get some ivermectin in America, you may be able to do it with telemedicine. I encourage you to do it. If you're in another country tuning in, uh, see what means you have to get some of this stuff. Again, Zethromax, Amoxicillin, and ivermectin, Right? or any other meds you have to have. Get some extra supply. Now, if you're near a border, I'm talking to Americans now, either the Texas border or Tijuana, San Diego. Um, it's been 20 years since I've been south of the border. But, almost, but 18 years, I guess. But um, you used to could walk right into a pharmacy and uh, buy this stuff without a prescription. You may want to look into that. And for personal use, uh, there's some things you can order actually online for personal use, and they'll send it to you FedEx. There's some um, loophole that's made it easier than ever to be able to get that stuff. Uh, But where you can, secure your supply now. My goal is to have ample supply because I have five people to look after. And if a push comes to shove and we've got to get on this stuff, we got it. I went to some places today. They had one box or none at all. And I'm like, God forbid there's an outbreak. Imagine 5,000 people going to the same store as I'm going. It'd be gone. So, there we are. And in all, having done all we stand, we put our prayer requests to the Lord. I prayed. I had uh, Jeremiah coming in agreement with me for Judah. Then he took ill. And I had Judah praying for Jemima. And me and Mama praying for them. Where two or three are gathered. Jesus in the midst. We called um, some backup from Jakarta, Atiana to um, pray. And we're going to get through this. I wish the healing was instant. But sometimes it's a recovery. And uh, there we are. I don't understand healing ministry 100% like I need to. But I'm doing what the Bible says. And I'm going to have to have faith in God. And uh, sometimes... Again, we're not going to see an immediate answer. But God's on the throne. I know in the name of Jesus we can go boldly into the throne room of grace and ever-present help in time of need. And I've asked God to show me what's going on here. If there's any problem, it's not with God, it's with us. So there we are. And we pray one for the other that we may be healed. Amen? So keep us lifted up in prayer. Uh, We prayed for many prayer requests last night. And uh, we're believing God that there's going to be some healings out there. So here we are. Genesis chapter 46. We're going to pick back up on the story of a man named Jacob who had 12 tribes, 12 sons, and God renamed him Israel. 
And God knew that there was a dearth that was coming on the face of the planet. It would affect Egypt. It would affect Canaan. And it probably affected most of the world at that time. A dearth. A period of lack of rain. Famine would ensue. And you know, we're, we're hearing some inklings of that now. We're seeing it. If you look at what's going on, in many parts of the world, things are drying up. Just take Las Vegas, Hoover Dam, Colorado River, Texas. And is it the judgment of God? Very possibly it is. Other parts of the world too. But it's also prophetic. As part of the end time plan, um, there is going to be things, even I think one of the river Euphrates dries up so that uh, China can march across that dry bed. Am I correct on that? Uh, we can expect these things to happen. There was a movie called The Big Short back um, some years back that really kind of broke down what happened in 2007 eight and the uh, financial collapse where many banks went down savings and loans died a million people lost their homes in America there was easy financing for homes that they could not afford to pay off with adjustable rate mortgages that when they shot up people were turning their keys back in and um, it's a great movie The Big Short reason I mention it is one of the key players there, a man who saw what was happening, and he decided to um, play some, what do you call them, I guess, he, he tried, he, he, I guess he was trying to bet against the market, he knew it was going to crash, and he was laughed at, mocked, people said, yeah, well, surely we'll take your money, this could never happen like you say that we're actually operating on a house of cards it's going to come tumbling down and he bet against the system and the system went down and he walked away with I think $680 million something like that his name escapes me for the moment but the same man who predicted the last crash predicted the next one that's coming and he said Water is going to be the new gold. Now, I find that very interesting. Water. Some years back, the Bush family reportedly sent Jenna Bush over to South America. It was Uruguay, if I recall. And you can look Google this. The Bush family bought a huge tract of land, which is sitting on top of one of the largest underwater ground aquifers, the Guarani water aquifer. Why did the Bush family do this? They're not planning to live in Uruguay as far as I know. None of them live over there. What do they know that the rest of us didn't know? Well, I think they knew that water is going to become a commodity. Of course, the Great Lakes for years have been bottled up and shipped overseas. Nestle company, I think, was has been buying up a lot of our fresh water in North America. 
Some of them being shipped, I think, to China too. Now we're actually seeing droughts. And back to the story that we're going to get into. A dearth hit the planet. No rainfall. Crop failure. And it wasn't just for a limited period of time. It was an extended period of time. And God knew it was coming. And he made a promise. Abraham and Isaac, the child of promise, and his descendants. Jacob, who would receive the blessing. And who God said, as long as you follow me, I will bless you and I'll provide for you. And you will inherit the promise, you and your children and their children. And I'll make your seed, he told Abraham, like like the stars, so much that you'll not be able to count it innumerable. And I will take you into a land that you know not. And God is setting this all up, and a dearth is coming. And he knows that there's going to be a lot of death, starvation, from the famine coming, even to affect his people, Israel. So God makes a plan. And part of his plan for redemption is he is going to resettle Isaac, excuse me, um, Israel and the tribes into Egypt in a place that Pharaoh is going to give them called Goshen. And he's going to make a way that they can eat in hard times. And the way he does this, as we're seeing played out now, is by orchestrating the events that happen to get Jacob and his family what they needed to sustain them in time of famine through the conduit of Joseph, his son, who is now at this point, after a time in captivity and working for Potiphar, he is now number two in Egypt. God has exalted him and lifted him up out of the prison house to the number two position in all of Egypt, second only to the Pharaoh himself. And as we read last time on Omega Man Radio Speak My Word, Joseph has become reunited with his brothers who he has not seen in years. And he has called for his family to come. Go get dead. Israel. Bring everybody and move them over to Egypt. That is God's plan of deliverance to sustain them. And so Pharaoh has authorized it and wagons loaded with food and meat and provisions that they're going to need to bring the family back to Egypt is sent off and the plant is in motion. Chapter 46 And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices 
unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones. If I had been amongst their group, they would have been bringing baby Jemima up and Judah and Jeremiah and your little ones, if we were part of that tribe. And the wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods which they had gotten in the land of Canaan and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons, his grandchildren with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all the grandbabies, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanosh, and Phanlu, and Hezron, and Carmi, the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman, and the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and the sons of Judah, Ur, and Onan, and Shelah, and Pharez, and Zerah. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. If you remember, Onan was smote for spilling his seed on the ground. He ejaculated right onto the ground in defiance of the order that he was to raise up seed to his dead brother and he went into the widow of his dead brother was having relations instead of impregnating her as he was to do he pulled out shot his load on the ground and God smote him and there he died For his wickedness. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Pharaoh were Hezron and Hamul, and the sons of Issachar, Tola and Fuva and Job and Shimron. Of course, the sons of Issachar um, are well known because they understood the times very wise group and the sons of Zebulon 
Sarah and Elon. Interesting, did Elon Musk mother read the Bible? I don't know. Some say she's a witch, but isn't it interesting that they chose a biblical name for their son, Elon? It's a biblical name. We need to pray for Elon Musk. He could go either way. He could be used by Satan, or he could be a Jehu for God. And a friend uh, to us all at some point to stand in the gap against a new world order who wants to pull its great reset. Or not. I get a little bit worried about those brain implants he's doing. Remains to be seen, but pray for him. God could certainly save Elon Musk. And Jalil, Yalil, these be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, and Padanaram, with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty-three. The sons of Gad, Ziphion, and Haggai, Shuni, Esbon, Eri, Arodi, Areli. And the sons of Asher, Jimnon, Ishua, Esui, Bariah, and Sarah, their sister. And the sons of Bariah, Heber, Malkiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah, his daughter. And these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph, and Benjamin. And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, or Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. So Joseph was married to an Egyptian. And the sons of Benjamin were Bilam, and Becker, and Ashbel, Jerah, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, and Hupim, and Ard. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. And the sons of Dan, Husham. Wow, he only had one son? And the sons of Naphtali, Jazil, and Guni, Jezer, and Shalem. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel, his daughter, and she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. All the souls that came with Jacob in Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. That's sixty-six. And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten, seventy. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen. Again, and he sent Judah before him unto Joseph 
to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. I believe we're having more akin to that dearth that's going to hit the planet. Hitting parts of the country right now. Some have talked about there'll be Goshen's where even in a a dearth there'll be places to thrive. Well, remains to be seen. I hope, hope that is the case. I don't think it's going to be California, though. I'd get the hell out of there, and I'd get out of New York, get out of Vegas. Sadly, and it's sad, I have to admit, Florida's on the list. Florida's on the Dimitri Dudeman hit list. So much for that being a safe harbor. A lot of these places, sadly, have shelf lives. And I've got friends and in many of these places. Just talking about America for, for a moment. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren, and unto his father's house, I will go up, and show Pharaoh, and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, What is your occupation? What do you do for a living? That you shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. It's interesting. I don't know why that was. Were the Egyptians uh, vegans? I don't know. Next chapter. Chapter 47, Genesis. Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come, for thy servants have no pasture for their flocks. For the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell. And the land of Goshen let them dwell. And if thou knowest any man of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. 
there are some people that are people of activity. Uh, they're self-starters. They don't like to sit still. Um, they're creative. They're proactive. You could use many adjectives. But they're motivated. And Pharaoh was looking for some motivated men. Some that had skill as in husbandry and over searing his cattle, he would put them. And Joseph brought in Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. You know, if if our days are evil, we may not live long either. And not to say all that Jacob did was evil. No, not at all. But in his own words, he he said, uh, few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. He encountered a lot of hardships. For how he came about the, the blessing and the birthright. But God turned it around and made it, made good out of it. And look at how long he had to work to get Rachel. First, he had to work seven years for Leah, and then another seven years for Rachel, and then another seven years, I think, for cattle, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's a long time. And he, he was taking all this into account, and the hardships and the scuffles that he had with his father-in-law and, you know, and with his brother. And he paid a high price for a lot of low living at, at stages, Yet this is a man, blessed of God, that God used. And God's going to continue to use in modern times and fulfill all that he said to Abraham and Isaac, the child of promise, and and Jacob, who he made Israel. I've had my share of evil days, so I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. But I believe it is a fact, just as he is stating here. He had not attained unto the days of the years of the life of his fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. I think his father would be 180 years old, right? We had wickedness in, on the Davis side of the family. Great-grandfather died at 52. That's not a blessing. He was a master mason, third degree. Also a, a pastor, an evangelist, an adulterer. Unleashed a generational curse on my family. My grandfather Davis, great man. Retired with the Air Force. Had a dream about him last night. I was talking to him. And I swear, it's just like I remember it when I spoke to him over 30 years ago when he died. And I was asking him questions about his time in the Air Force because Granddad Davis had 
right about his age. He got out of high school early, and he was wandering the streets and kind of bored and wanted to sign up for the military, but they wouldn't take him. He wasn't 18 yet. He said he was, and he was only 17, and they took him, and uh, he made a career, served honorably with the U.S. Air Force, retired, was sent to Tripoli, Africa, Wheelis Air Force Base, and sent on secret missions. As I've learned, uh, pieces of it, he would go out for maybe days or a week at a time or more. Grandmother wouldn't know where he was going, but he was part of a flight crew. And uh, I want to think they flew in B-52s. I've got to confirm that, but they flew from Wheelis Air Force Base over, and they were dropping bombs on uh, Vietnam. This was in the 60s. Uh, in in the war. Interesting. But he had a calling on his life. and He'd come back and separate in one Robbins, George. That's where my mom and dad got to meet each other. They were going to my grandfather Weber, my mom's father's church. And Granddad Davis was a son of a a minister as well, and he had a calling on his life that would later be realized, and he would go into a pastorate, and one time both my grandfathers were pastoring churches. I remember going in one week over to both their churches. He had to be a while before he do that, and he'd work for Eastern Airlines for a while, and then became an associate pastor and with Brother Whittington at Sylvan Hills Church of God, and Atlanta, and then became pastor, and then um, he pastored, and then he died at age 58, taken up for his time. He never broke that generational curse that was on him through the father, and then my father would go at 57. I can speak as far as my father, my great-grandfather. They did some evil at times. And they paid a heavy price. Generational curse never broken. Had to bury dead. He was 57. I'm 53 now. When I hit 53, I said, praise God. I have a hope that we have finally broken this curse because I outlived my great-grandfather. And God spoke to me in 2005 in a dream. He said, you and your brother Damon have a generational curse you need to break. And I had an inkling where it may be from, but years later I was able to confirm. Brought on through Freemasonry, to the great-grandfather. Took him to the grave and unleashed curse that was taking us all to the grave, premature if we didn't stop it. I believe we broke it, my brothers and I. And I, I hope to live to a ripe old age, should the Lord tarry. But I've done some evil in my life, too. And we can be forgiven, but it could cut our lives short. This is a lesson for us all. Jacob says, Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. I hope we have broken the curse and uh, I'll live to be the age of my grandfather Weber 
whom live to be 90. Better yet, I'm shooting for 120. <laughs> Should the Lord tarry. I don't know how much time we got, folks. It may not be much. The technology of the beast is here. The question is, does the Antichrist walk among us? At the funeral of my grandmother, Weber, who died, Weedis Weber, died in 2011. My grandfather, Weber, was here, and great-uncle Johnny, many of you know Uncle Johnny, he was on this program with Grindad until about 92. Went home to be with the Lord a year or so before Al Cuppet. First Uncle Johnny went, then Al Cuppet went, and then Grandad Weber went. And I was at the funeral, and I had uh, flown in from Costa Rica, where I was living at the time. I hadn't expected my grandmother to die. She'd been in the hospital many times before. <clears throat> Breathing issues. She was 77. Great woman of God. Caught up to heaven in 71 when her son, my uncle, died at age 12. For no apparent reason, 12 years old, and the Lord took him. And grandmother didn't want to live. Granddad had a heart attack, nervous breakdown, just lost his son. Grandmother's laying there in the bed, Grandmother Weber. They were pastoring a church, Southside Church of God in Water Robins, that they built up in the 60s. Her son has just died. November 21st, 1971. I would be two years old the next day on the 22nd. My brother Damon had just been born two days before, November 19th. So right in between our birthdays, my uncle, age 12, dies. Dwight. Grandmother doesn't want to live. She's laying on her bed there in the parsonage and mourned herself until she had passed out and she was caught up in the spirit like the Apostle Paul who was caught up on um, two or more occasions talked about it and she said she was taken up to the throne room of God right before the Father and Jesus came to her and brought Dwight and she said it looked like his hair had just been washed and blown dry he looked great he was in his robe and in so many words the Lord said I needed your son for a choir that I'm building in heaven made up of children of different ages and Dwight had the honor but how do you accept that as a mother you don't want your son to die she says I don't want to go back and she said the master Jesus looked at her and said you have to go your work is not done but you will see Dwight again and when your time is done you'll, you'll come back and uh, all of a sudden the spirit went back in her body and she, her eyes opened and there were ladies from the church that were over there praying for her and they said they thought she had died or her body temperature was ice cold which is what happens when you die we prayed for a man here 
God sent in sent us in on a a mission not long after we were here to pray for a Balinese police officer four stage cancer hours to live and the Lord sent us in we shared the gospel he received Christ his first in his line to receive Jesus he was married to a Muslim woman interesting but it happens over here a lot of mixed marriages and the Lord saved him gave him two weeks and then took him home it's with the Lord tonight that's amazing I'm looking to meet the guy (laughs) and when I saw him the last time we walked in room full of people some spilling into the hallway of the hospital and I literally uh, as I was fitting to the door a lady was going out as I was coming in a nurse to report he had flatlined and died and we went and I saw this man he was reclined in his bed with his mouth open horrible scene he had died and I thought well one last try let's see if we can pray and God will raise him got permission from his son put my hands on his hand and it was ice cold ice cold spirit leaves about it you will turn cold so why grandmother laying in the bed ice cold but the Lord brought her back and she came up and it was a hard road how do you get over the loss of your son well grandmother would tell me years later that story and how she had been caught up to the throne room of God and I said you saw Dwight yes you saw Jesus yes I saw him face to face caught up in the spirit of course I said did you see the father and she said my gaze was controlled where I can look but I looked on him and she saw basically his feet up to about the knees and grandmother always described uh, she said Jesus who came born as a man born as a child into this world lived among us in human form he was tempted at all points the word of God says um, he understands and what it is to be human what we have to go through down here and she said two different personalities she said the father um who is his is our creator our father who loves us all very different personality she said uh, I'm trying to put it into an adjective stern uh, solemn you, he's serious serious we need to fear him the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom uh, he's all business if, if, if I can try to remember what she said and I don't want to do the Lord any disservice but she said very different personality you stand before the creator the judge of the universe of course G- Jesus can, empath- can empathize with us because <laughs> he, 
he lived among us as a human being in human form rather but then he went back to the father and these are three individuals they all are God but you have the father Yahovah the son Jesus Christ who sits at the right hand of the father and the Ruach HaKodesh the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit of God who is God the comforter who was sent when Jesus went to be with the father but grandmother said he was very uh, father's very serious he means business she was told she had to go back grandmother told me later she said I was caught up again and the Lord told me had to go back but if there was a time that ever came that she just couldn't take it anymore and wanted to punch out and go home she had to ask only ask and he would take her and I said well grandmother please don't ask him to take you because we need you grandmother was a backbone of the family this was a woman that had a one of those bat phones you pick it up heaven rings I kid you not grandmother had sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ there's a person who has ever sold out was my grandmother she was all business but came to the Lord very serious she didn't play games she preached the gospel she believed the word of God and she knew how to get a hold of heaven and for those that have had an opportunity to ever meet or pray with my grandmother one of them was Benjamin Brooke he said man I need some prayer I said I'm going to pray for you but one you need to pray for you is my grandmother he said really will she pray for me I said sure let me give her her number we had her on this program twice I'm going to put that up in the archive again and Benjamin called my grandmother and I don't know what was discussed but he told me he said man what an honor it was to pray with your grandmother she knows how to pray and it was very true and I, I can tell you when she was alive uh, what an impact she had on me if I ever needed prayer I'd call grandmother didn't matter what time that was her ministry to take phone calls to pray and she would pray break out in tongues and then an interpretation would come Lord would speak I got many calls from grandmother son the Lord told me to call you uh oh grandmother what did he say he said pack your bags you're getting ready to move pills of fire I've told that story before how God orchestrated my move out of uh, Costa Rica and um, called me again five years later well, she called me in between then but so the Lord told me to call he said there's a word he wants you to speak I said grandmother what is that I don't know what word to speak son I'm trying to tell you that's what he told me I understood what it is he wanted me to do this program speak his word to read his word and more but she called me again son the Lord wanted me to call you and remind you of that last word I said grandmother I've just moved he said remind you to pack your bags you're getting ready to move and I had just moved into a small house in Costa Rica I thought it would be my last stand over there 
Little did I know I was getting ready to get on a plane, go to Cartagena. Told that story before. Then I got a call again, which got me back to um, Atlanta. And three months later, Mega Man Ready was birthed in 2013. Boy, do I miss grandmother. I'd be calling her right now. Grandmother, I need a word. I knew when grandmother prayed, the message would be delivered to heaven. Um, sure to miss her. But I said, Grandmother, please, don't ask God to take it, because we need you here. Grandmother had a vision, a dream, if you will, a dream of the end times. She said she saw the last days. She saw a group of saints. They were in South Georgia, out in the woods in some old farmhouse, if you will, an old house, not far from a military base, she said. And she said uh, there was great persecution. Christians were being hunted. And we were hiding out this old house. And the soldiers found them. She said they came in, gave everybody a, an injection in the arm. I think that's strange in light of what we all had to go through with COVID. And people died. They just started dropping. Killed them. And uh, she was given a shot. She dropped too. But the Lord raised her back up. And then she went over and she began to lay hands on people and they were raised up. I said, what's all that mean, grandmother? And she said, well, the bigger thing is, uh, just don't you understand it? You never die. I said, what do you mean? Your soul is going to live forever. They can kill your body. But fear not. Him who kills your body Fear him who can kill your body and then put you in hell in the lake of fire, the second death. Speaking of the Lord. But I think she saw um, part of the vaccination program. Injections using, being used to murder people. Granddad Weber had a dream as well. He saw a time where in downtown Atlanta where he lived lived up North Georgia, but, you know, 45 minutes from downtown Atlanta. He said, I saw lines wrapping around the blocks. They seemed to go on forever. And I was in this line. And as time progressed, I made my way up, and I got to the front, my turn in that line. And there was a desk and a lady behind it and two guards. And you had to report there to get food, I guess food vouchers to buy food and at that point in time he was asked to show the mark no mark, no food well back to the funeral I lost my track 2011, Grinded Uncle Johnny were there I had been in Costa Rica, didn't expect my grandmother to die we had prayed for me and a few other brothers in the Lord thought we would be able to get her raised up from her deathbed, but the Lord took her. She was ready. And uh, it was a heavy loss. I had to fly back. I'd been in Costa Rica once again in a place you don't need a suit, so I didn't have one. Had to go over and literally borrow some clothes. <laughs> Actually, I went in my jeans, come to think of it. 
<clears throat> went in my jeans actually and I borrowed someone's dress coat uh, so I looked presentable and I went to the funeral and actually uh, got up and spoke I had some words to echo what grandmother's message was if I had to pin it down it was son we must sell out it's a message for us today sell out to the Lord Jesus Christ that's in line with what Jesus himself says I would that you were hot or cold but because you're lukewarm I will spit you out of my mouth there's coming a time folks it'll be too late to go all in if you're not all in you'll probably tap out and take the mark if we live long enough it's time to go all in even be ready to give your life and mine for Christ because we do not bow we do not take the mark we do not renounce Christ to save our necks if you do you're damned take that mark you'll be damned there'll be no repentance you will not be able to find forgiveness you've signed your own death warrant so I'm at the uh, we're at a hotel we're in Lyons, Georgia where all my family on that side are buried down at Tombs County down at uh, the graveyard there Uncle Johnny's buried and Dwight's buried and Great Granddad Weber's buried and now Grandmother Granddad Weber buried. And I was, uh, we were all preparing to go over to the graveside for the burial. And I was there in the presence of two of the greatest men I've ever known. The third would be Mel Novak. But it was Granddad Weber and Uncle Johnny. Great Uncle Johnny is my granddad's brother. They were called simultaneously to go to the mission fields of Texas in the late in the mid fifties, rather probably about fifty five. God called him out there through my grandmother, who he spoke to, and he said, "Leave Sunday night midnight, no sooner than later." And Uncle Johnny, who was getting out of the Air Force, had a calling of God on his life, and had several near-death experiences involving a rattlesnake or a water moccasin that almost killed him and a tornado that hit Warner Robins, Georgia and it took a car and put it up and wrapped it around a uh, telephone pole so bad, tornado God was telling him you must sell out, I've got a calling on your life I want you to go and preach but if you do not want to accept the calling you will die so he surrendered to the Lord got baptized in the Holy Ghost so did my grandmother they both had the calling to go to Texas. Granddad, of course, uh, he wasn't going to let mom and children go without him. So he went, got the calling to preach when he was out there. Grandma and Granddad got their first church in 1955 or so and in Texas. Uncle Johnny and Aunt Sula, too. And they had been, up to that time, in the service of the Lord, well, 55 years prior to that meeting 2011 to go bury grandmother and they were talking we were smiling it was a family reunion even though 
reunion was going to be at a gravesite, sadly, to bury Granny. And I was just sitting there, and it was, I, I swear it was like, if you could imagine being in the presence of Moses and his brother Aaron. Two patriarchs. And um, I looked at them, and I almost saw a supernatural glow on their faces. It was it was awesome, but it was also a very scary thing. It'd be like uh, seeing an angel. Fearful thing, as described by many. And I was I was just sitting there listening. They were talking. And Uncle Johnny was saying, You know Sylvan? Granddad was Brian Sylvan Weber. You know Sylvan talked to his brother. I think this thing is going to just drag out. Slower than we all expected. Speaking of the end times. It's going to stretch out. Excruciatingly slowly. And that was 2011 when he said that. Fast forward 12 years. You know, we, I was looking for things to happen in 2000. 2005 with Hurricane Katrina. When Obama came along. And we've had these milestones of events in the world where we thought, surely we're closer than ever. The Lord could come back at any moment. We thought that in 1988. We were thinking that in the 70s with the book that came out with Mary Stuart Ralphie, When Your Money Fails. I had a conversation with my brother Damon. And I said, uh, what a cross to bear. Why were we born into a family such as we have? Where our earliest memories are of being made aware that we're in the end times. The Lord's coming back. New world order. Common market. It's changed names. EU now, World Economic Forum, Great Reset. I have been cognizant since my early days of youth that we're in the last days, tribulations coming, and uh, the Antichrist is going to rise. This has been front and center in our thinking and decision-making processes, at least my case, for over 45 years. I'm 53 now. I remember having the book, When Your Money Fails taking it to school in 7th grade, engrossed with a cover, a man with a barcode on his forehead, reading about the latest in Bible prophecy. We've been involved in Bible prophecy since the beginning. Again, over 40, 40 plus years, at least, in my case. Almost like a dark cloud. I said, what a cross to bear. And some people can't handle it. And I was talking to an individual and I bummed him out. I said, we're not living in the days that we 
knew and enjoyed some years back. Times have changed. Everybody can see it now. Everybody's talking about it now. It's in our face that there's an Illuminati, that there are globalists. There are people like Klaus Schwab that want you and I to own nothing and be happy. That there's an attack on the food supply. There's an attack on food systems and financial systems, rather. Bricks against the Fed. World War III on the horizon. Is the Antichrist walking among us? And I said, I understand. It sounds negative when I talk about these things. But we can't bury our head in the sand. And what a cross it is to bear. Some would say ignorance is bliss. But I said, what if? It's actually a blessing. God prepared us so that we would not take the mark. And if all that we had to go through and maybe things we had to give up, knowing what we know, the heritage that is on our family as watchmen and servants of the Lord, to be cognizant of the end times and to warn others that Jesus is coming back, that the tribulation is coming back, is coming soon, fast and furious, warn the saints is coming. And if God has called us to to carry this, to be cognizant like the sons of Issachar who discern the times. I was raised in an Issachar style family that discerned the times. They weren't out there parting, gallivanting. They're very serious about the work of the Lord and my whole life. Grandmother talked about what was coming. But if it was to save my neck, save my soul rather, (laughs) when it comes time, I might have to put my neck on a chopping block so I would miss the mark of the beast. So be it. And if it caused me to be intense, to wake people up so that they too miss the mark of the beast, so be it. I count it as an honor. It is who I am. God made me who I am. He called me for the job that I have. And if some people look at that negatively or you're too intense or you're too critical, you know, why can't you just uh, enjoy life? Ignorance is bliss. I, I know what's coming. I know what the score is. We've been warning even before it was in our face people need to get prepared. Mark was coming. You can go back to some of our programs 10 years ago and they sound like one that we just recorded today in light of the news. It's becoming pretty obvious. The vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it for it shall surely come to pass. Really it's been a blink of the eye since we started Mega Man 13 years ago. It's a blink of the eye since I was a young boy. Going to Granddad Weber's church.
knowing that a new world order was forming even then. And it consumes my waking thoughts. I can't filter it out. I know what's coming. It's a cross I have to bear. As a watchman, and seeing an approaching enemy, even at the gates, if I as a watchman, others that are called as watchmen, do not sound the alarm so that people can wake up and be spared, if we do not do the job we've been called to do, the blood of those that perish because the alarm was not sounded will be on our hands and we will give an accounting. I'm not going to apologize for talking about the things that I talk about, for giving the warnings that I give. As God shows me things. Literally, He created me for a time such as now. That is the embodiment of the Omega Man. The Omega Man name is not even by accident. It implies the last man, the last woman, alive. Going through the a time of the greatest tribulation that this planet has ever seen or ever see again. War on the saints. Not to say that I will be alive necessarily at the last trump when Jesus comes back. Chances are I will have died with my boots on, like millions others who will to make it in to the finish line. Not taking the mark not renouncing Christ. My job is to speak God's word, to sound the alarm, to speak the truth with love, and uh, that's who I am. It is my DNA. And I said to the individual, all that we have went through and been and been raised with the knowledge of. even if that just resulted in us not taking the mark it was worth it but God forbid we don't warn others folks we're not getting out of here without going through some hard times I'm here to tell you you may die some are being taken home now you say why do they have to go? Why do the good have to die young? Sometimes God takes people. And it's a blessing because he knew what they might have to endure ahead of time and he spared them of it. Sometimes God gets people as close as they're ever going to be and at that point if he took them, they're saved. And in his mercy, he does it knowing that maybe down the road they may have turned and went the other way. God's sovereign. He does what he wants to do. We pray for people to be healed, delivered, saved. And it's up to God when he takes people. It's the point of a man once to die and then the judgment. But the Omega man, these are the last men and women standing. To see Jesus return at the last trump, they did not take the mark. They did not bow their knee to the enemy. They did not tap out. They did not curse God and die. They did not put their hand to the plow and walk away. As some walked away when they found some of Jesus' sayings too hard. And as they left, 
Jesus turned to the disciples remaining and said, Will you too abandon me? And they said, No, Lord, where would we go? Paraphrased. There's going to be a great falling away, Jesus said, before he returns. These are people that were saved. These are people. In some cases, that are lukewarm. That are not rooted like they need to be in Jesus. And the parable of the sword, it gives a little bit more detail. When persecution comes for the cause of Christ, and because you're counted among those that are believers in Christ, and you will not deny him. You will not renounce him. They get offended because of what comes with serving Christ. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Is a servant greater than the master? Folks, we've got no guarantee that we're not going to end up in jail. That we're not going to be killed, murdered everything we have taken away from us because we will not deny Christ and renounce him and bow to the new world order and the mark of the beast. There's no guarantee that you and your family are going to be in perfect health. There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to retain what you own presently. It could all be taken away and confiscated by the new world order and there's ours. In fact, I've often thought it will probably go just the way it did for the apostles. Each one of them had a cross to bear. Some were given more time and they preached and used it until the time of their offering up came, like the apostle Paul. Others, like James, a brother of uh, James, I'll just say James, put to the sword. Peter, crucified Apostle Paul and John the Baptist had their head cut off you could be a Judas betray Christ and die and then go to your, go to your place and help Judas was not, sa- was not saved in the end he denied Christ he walked with Christ he did miracles but in the end he chose to betray Christ and he went to his reward. He's in hell tonight. In a special place. Torment. Fall by the lake of fire after the great white throne judgment. Stakes are high. We all must choose. Make a stand for Jesus. Or your soul you lose. Now is the time to live for Jesus and give him all the glory overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Will you continue to fight and endure until the end? To lay your life down for Jesus and let him raise it again. friend 
War on the saints is coming and the battle will soon begin. A battle that you and I have been called to fight. It won't be won by our own strength or might. Now is the time to live for Jesus and give him all the Overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. I said before, if you want to find a lot of demons, go to church. There you can be sure you'll find a bunch. They're roosting all over God's people. They're binding them down. They're choking them off. And somebody has to care because people are bound. And if it isn't the chosen of God, I don't know who's going to care. If it isn't those whom God has called out, if they don't care enough to lay their lives on the line, I don't know who's going to do it. As a sad scripture says, I looked for a man and I found none. God looked for a man. He couldn't find anybody. Everybody was doing their own thing. God is calling a people to war. All out war. A war in which no quarter is given or no quarter is asked. The order of the day remains. Attack, attack, attack. That's God's marching order. 
There can be no peace as long as the enemy is ruling and reigning. And folks, that's your marching order and mine. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God needs you in his end time army. And you've got to be willing to lay it all down, if it comes down to it, for Christ. And if you can do that, and you can, because Jesus said, I'll never leave nor forsake you. We've got to remember, we don't have to do this alone. We've got that promise. He'll be with us till the end. I'll never leave nor forsake you. I'll be with you till the end, he says. Then there is a reward waiting for you and I that we cannot comprehend if we tried. We'll look back and say, man, there was nothing here. The world had to offer can even compare with the reward that God has for those that will love him and serve him. And aside from the reward, because there's a reward coming. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly with my reward in my hand to give everyone according to their works. You want to work? There's a reward for you. Of course you do. God's not looking for people to work without a promise of a great reward waiting. But aside from that, do we not owe everything to the Lord Jesus Christ who made it possible for you and I to escape the second death? To be forgiven? To receive a pardon? Of course we do. And that's what I endeavor to do, to serve at the pleasure of the Lord. I'm willing to lay down my life, count anything here not for the glory of God we serve at his pleasure he may have you going on a a mission to save one from hell it was worth it remember Jesus left the 99 to go to find the one lost sheep sometimes I feel that's what Omega Man already is doing we've got so few numbers that show up but God that Balinese police officer would be in hell tonight in all likelihood if we had not obeyed God and went in and the devil pulled out all stops to stop me that night taxi driver got lost I went out he backed into a ditch we had to get another man to help us literally push a car up out of a ditch it had the fourth wheel stuck over in a drainage ditch and I stepped in a big cow patty on top of that and had to go in and change my shoes and we got there with moments of spare. He was getting ready to go in for emergency surgery. And we prayed and God did an intervention and saved him. We gave him a Bible and gave him two weeks to get his house in order. And then took him home. Praise God. It was worth coming to Bali and being sick every six weeks since we got here. Just about. See that soul come in. What value can you put on a soul? What can a man give for his soul? If he were to gain the whole world and lose his soul. Let me finish up. And coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to have Pastor Bill French. We're in chapter 47 of Genesis. God has a job for you in his end time army. He needs you to do Mark 16 ministry. Share the gospel. Give up Bibles. Pray for the sick that they be healed. Cast out devils. And he'll give you some equipping 
to help you do that job better with his gifts of the Holy Spirit along the way. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses. That's Goshen, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread, according to their families. There was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. You ever felt like you were going to faint if you hadn't eaten? Imagine years that you're going to have to endure through. Polly almost fainted when, for two years. All inbound flights were banned for anyone not an Indonesian national or a special permission. Literally, tourism went to zero. And there was a newly appointed director of tourism from Indonesia. He said, I got there and just as I came on, tourism went down to zero. What a time to be appointed. But he was used in a mighty way to help build things back up like they're being built up now. We hope the door will stay open. But for two years plus, no flights were coming into Bali. I was warned. If you want to get out, get out now. Or be ready to endure for an uh, indeterminate amount of time. And I said, will you let my wife come back? My children, my, my children are citizens of America. Can you give me a visa for my wife? No, we're sorry. All visas are on hold right now by order of Mike Pence. I said, well, certainly I can't leave my wife. And they said, well, you need to make plans then to endure. And endure we did. And it was rough. People lost their jobs. Hotels turned the lights off, went bankrupt. Farmers that grew food for hotels went bankrupt. Nobody to buy the food. All of a sudden, we had a large number of Christian folk in the church. They were selling masks to stay alive. They were selling food. They became Gojek drivers, Uber drivers. I know American friends who became Uber drivers. Some are still doing it just to put food on the table. What a horrible time we had to go through because of these servants of Satan at the the CDC and the WHO and the World Economic Forum. They're going to do it again, folks. When people lost their jobs and had to choose the vax or job or you can't go to work or you got to close down your gym made to stay home what do you do well you go through your savings first then you begin to sell belongings off then you might have to sell your land off then there's nothing left but to sell yourself into slavery and so it plays out in Egypt Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when money failed in the land of Egypt, and we're going to see money fail in America again, it's going to be worse than the Great Depression of the 20s. When the money failed in the land of Egypt, 
and the land of Canaan. All the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? For the money fails. We have no more money to give you. We've already used it up. It's all gone. Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fell. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses, for the flocks, and for the cattle of their herds, and for their asses, and he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. When that year was ended, because this is seven years of famine, they came unto him the second year and said to him, We will not hide it from my Lord, how that our money is spent. My Lord also hath our herds of cattle. There is not aught left in the sight of my Lord, but our bodies and our lands. Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them, so the land became Pharaoh's. And I saw it like that over here in Bali. People ran out of money, ran out of savings. Some sold their land. And then they had to basically become Uber drivers. And as for people, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other end thereof. That's the plan of the New World Order. They're going to try to put people in these 15-minute cities. It's coming, folks. The dollar is going to fail. BRICS is going to give it a rent run for the money. Inflation. Prices are going through the roof. Owner the land of the priest bought he not, for the priest had a portion assigned them of Pharaoh, and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them, wherefore they sold not their lands. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own for seed of the field and for your food and for them of your households and for the food of your little ones. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. So there was a 20% tax put on them. Well, cheaper than what we pay in America, huh? And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, 20% except the land of the priest only, which became not Pharaoh's. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the whole age of Jacob was a hundred and forty-seven years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph, and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me bear me not I pray thee in Egypt but I will lie with my fathers and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place and he said I will do as thou hast said and he said swear unto me and he swore unto him and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head that's where we're going to stop today Genesis 46 and 47. Hard times are coming. Folks. But Jesus Christ is going to be with us. And he'll see us through to the end.
if we hang on to him. Jesus Christ is our Goshen. Yes, he is. He's the only way through this, to the other side. If you think you can decouple from him and do it on your own, you think you can make it some other way, you won't make it. Neither will I. Jesus Christ is the only way through the tribulation that's coming. And if it's asked of us to give our life for Christ as the disciples all did, then we say, to God be the glory. To be absent from bodies, be present with the Lord, and I'll gladly do this thing for Jesus Christ who did that for me.